Okay, so Kukui, who do we have in the studio? Oh, well, how should I introduce the lady sitting before us? Okay. Well, In 2016, Mm. she was the vice presidential candidate on the ticket of the Progressive People's Party, or Uh PPP. Mm -hmm. Today, she sits before us as the flag bearer of the same party, Mm -hmm. taking over from her predecessor, Mm. Dr. Papa Kwesi Ndum. She's in the person of Bridget Jogbanuku. And we're very, 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 very happy to welcome you to the City Breakfast Show this morning, Bridget. Bridget, good to see you. Good morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, You're a woman of many parts. Um, We know you're a businesswoman. Mm -hmm. We know you've run uh, some businesses in the country. And uh, now you're a politician. Mm -hmm. How are you finding your transition into full-blown politics? Because when we first heard of you, you were, of course, Miss Ghana 1990. Then you did different things, write for newspapers, worked at Shanti Gold, Aviation Social Center, mm-hmm. then your business. Now you're a politician. How is that transition going like? Well, I haven't left the business. I'm running the business at the same time oh, okay. doing this. And uh, depending on if whether whichever way the elections go on December 7th, I will still be running that business because it's dear to me. I'm working with women. So mm-hmm. that is um, a very interesting uh, development for me. If you look at my work history, I like to see things start mm-hmm. and see how far I can take them. So it's not completely leaving that area, but of course, this is uh, a new area as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the interesting thing is, I have found that politics is permeates every part of our, our lives. Mm-hmm. It's not this separate thing that you do. Uh, or foreign to and hope that that is the end of that when depending on election results. So it's it's a, it's part of the everyday life, and I I I use it to or it I see how it relates to our lives as Ghanaians. So it's not entirely new. It's Tell me how the thinking process when you agreed to first be running mate in 2016 and then to be a flag bearer. Because even though we all know that politics permeates every part of our lives, mm-hmm. to actually go fully into it is something people don't do lightly. And a lot of people we know who have political views but don't want to do politics. How difficult was it for you to say, yes, I will do it, running mate first and now candidate? It was difficult, but I didn't have a lot of time. Mm. So when I was asked um, in 2016, um, I... I actually thought that I was going to be asked to do something for the party. And I was very interested in the party. Mm. Uh, I had voted for Dr. Papakwesi in Rome in the past. So when I was asked, I I, I didn't realize, or when I was called on initially, I didn't realize it it was such a big uh, step to take. I had been very vocal on social media, on Facebook, and even because of that, I was put on some tabloid paper. I was active. (laughs) I went for this um, demonstration. So it took me time. It took me. I think it's the Occupy Flagstaff. Occupy, yes. uh, Yeah, that's one. So it took me a bit of time to think through it and say, what is this they're asking me? I mean, if you don't take it. uh, If you take it lightly, then you are obviously not taking the ask seriously. So it was a bit scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a big leap. Um, here I was again uh, going into the pu- into public scrutiny. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned that it felt like Miss Ghana all over, all again. over again. Another you know, public appearance. Being in judged. front of mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, being in the media mm-hmm. almost on daily basis, uh, uh, be it, and your every step being judged or being questioned. Mm. 
Um, two things mattered to me, the people who knew me and, and my family, so my, my close friends and family. So I ran it by them, and um, it was okay by them. I mean, they said go, they said go for it. Mm-hmm. Nobody said oh, one, politics. A couple of people politics said don't. Do, a couple of people <laughs> said don't do it. Really. But pa- particularly because you are from, you, you lived in Burma camp your whole, uh, a lot of your lives, and I, I know did. that my friends who live in Burma camp have a direct experience of military governance in a way that most of us don't, mm-hmm. because they see. A lot of things from close quarters. Yeah. Some of their parents are killed yes. within their cool days. So, for somebody who's lived in Burma camp to agree to go back into politics, I was just wondering the thought process and whether there were no issues around your own safety and all those things. Oh, there was. I think that the one person who was very worried about it and still is now is my mother, mm. uh, because my father, um, when he was in, in 1978 or 79 during the Unigov years. Uh, due to politics, got involved in a very serious accident. A couple of people, I think two people died or so. He, he survived it, but he was in hospital for months. So when I say we are going off on a campaign thing, she gets quite worried about it. And indeed, I mean, growing up in the barracks, you, you we experienced 1979, we experienced the coup firsthand. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, all, all the ills of it. It's crazy. But I say to those of us who experienced it and who lived in Burma camp in those years that we are uniquely placed now to have an effect on the on our on our governance and our democracy because you saw what you didn't like, but it also gave you an experience by which you are growing and you it, it gave you a unique leadership in a certain area mm-hmm. which you must use positively. So yes, I, I I experienced it, and rather than let that scare me or make it make me recoil, mm. I think I would rather let it drive me to have some kind of change mm. in, in our governance. Why PPP though? Uh-huh. Yeah, well, I think since Dr. Papakwis, you know, was with the CPP, I kind of liked their policies. Mm. I liked what they stood for. I have, uh, oh, I've, I've been here and I've voted. I didn't vote in 1992 because I wasn't in the country at the time. But I voted in 1996 and I voted for, uh, at the time, I believe I voted for the NPP. Mm-hmm. But by the time that term was up, I was disillusioned. And I voted for the CPP after that. And they didn't win. I was very disappointed by the results. I remember, and I won't let tell you, what it got me to do that day when the results came. I was <laughs> deeply disappointed. And then I voted for the NDC, I believe, in 2012. Okay. And I was disappointed. And that was the first time I was voting for the NDC. Uh, and therefore, 2016, mm-hmm. I mean, by 2012, uh, the PPP was a new party. And I was hedging. I wasn't sure what was going on. But by 2016, I felt that even with the few votes that they had got, the story they were telling was compelling, was was something I wanted from Ghana. And that is why I decided, let me try it. Mm-hmm. Besides, I strongly believe that we need a third force. I, I, I strongly believe that the duopoly is hurting us. We are being taken for granted. From the two, the, the votes we've had from, or the way we voted from 1992 until now, 
our progress has been slow. Our democracy, because it's it's this winner takes all thing, it seems to be two steps forward, one step back, uh, or, or many steps back. There's a lot of um, division, and therefore I be, I want to belong to the part where we want to unify uh, Ghana, then have this big. But but you the the, the so-called third fourth parties have not been that united yourselves. In we fact, have the, tried. The, the PPP mm. came out of the CPP. Because yes. of some dispute. So yes. how should we trust you to bring unity when even within your small 3% or whatever percent you're getting, you can't seem to work together? You know, um, in 2016, after the elections, there was something they called the Alisa Accord, something like that. A group of, uh, instigated by the PPP, actually, a group and my current vice president candidate, Kofia Samwasian, was the secretary to that group trying to unify the, the uh, minority parties, if you like. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't unity even within some of the parties. Uh, the chairperson may agree, but, you know, they, they we all have a, a national committee or, an ex- or each central committee. Each one has a name for their uh, committee, their head committee, if you like. And there wasn't unity within there. There wasn't agreement. So if those parties were not agreeing, it was going to be very difficult for us then to come together with them. I think we have seen from their primaries and their elections now that there's a lot of division. Some of them, and and there's also infiltration from the two major parties, some of these parties. So uh, the the division is there, remains together, the PPP. And we, we, like we said, we invited them to come and let's chat and see how we could unify. But it didn't work out. So that is why. So what, what, what is the message of PPP? Tell, give me your top three. What, what, what are, why should Ghanaians vote for you and the PPP? Well, first of all, we want to unify Ghana. We want an inclusive uh, Ghana, where it doesn't matter which side of the government or of the um, political divide, well, there shouldn't be a divide, but it doesn't belong. We want to put all our efforts together as Ghanaians to build a, a, an inclusive government, to build a unified Ghana, and to build a just and disciplined society for the whole uh, of Ghana, you know, uh, for the progress and the prosperity of everybody. Um, currently, like I said, you either belong to this side or that side. And when the side comes, then you lose out. And when that side... And it's almost a, a vengeful kind of politics we play because of the winner-takes-all system. Currently, with uh, the people of Ghana being part of our decision-making or our governance. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, I, I like listened to you guys all the day, all the time. But yesterday, I was listening to you as you talked about voting for your DCs and MMDCs, which is something we preach and we've talked about from time immemorial the current government tried to do it but they made a conversation about partisanship and then it degenerated and they won't play again but we must not take power from people like they if uh, the people are who sits in Accra most of the time why aren't they capable of voting for their local government's uh, representatives and as soon as we do that, you know, decentralized government, people actually have a say. They are able to hold their government accountable at the local level. 
we uh, i was talking in one of the, the major probably don't want people because they're afraid of losing power that way but in fact it promotes develop if dc's and mmd actually says that five percent of our revenue should be given to the dc's and mmdc's or to the districts they're not doing that now to 2.5 so let me get something so you're saying that first point is unity because there's Indeed. division mm-hmm. and the power people to have power you know disseminate, disseminate power so that the people have a say in their that felt that uh, voting for dc is on a political basis further entrenches the division that you want to cure pp now having candidates for dce mm-hmm. that means that even at the local level it's now politics which is what the mpp said they didn't want we have to start somewhere Let's first do what we want to do. Give power to the people. Whether it's partisan or it, what do we want? We want the people to elect their own officials at the local level. When we have done that, it's a journey. You know, we don't get perfection from the get-go. But what we want, that people vote their own officials. And I think we were denied that opportunity to decide what we wanted when we tried to do it, uh, uh, asking for partisanship or non-partisanship. Point is, we have so many other parties apart from the NDC and the NPP. We may be pleasantly surprised to find that if we give people that opportunity, they'll say, I want my DC to come from the CPP or the PNC or any of the others apart from the two. thing is, when you do that and the person is voted into power within the two major parties, people are concerned about their um, personal, their votes and their popularity with their people. And that is why you have that problem now in Formina. Because the people believe in the person. They don't believe in, in, in the party anymore. And therefore, if we do that, we are giving the people the, the opportunity. When that 5% doesn't go, and it's 1.9%, part of which even the MP is coming to take, they can decide that, look, uh, I, I will speak up because my party is not uh, able to speak mm-hmm. up to say, look, this development project, I'm not getting my common fund patient or I'm not getting the 5%. They are appointed, they continue to be appointed by the president, the, 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 the uh, president appointed them to speak up. Or speak mm-hmm. their, their, their well, okay, fine. So yes, unity, local government. But is that it? We take on education. We want uh, to be able, we want to provide from mm-hmm. The KG to SHS. I know we have free SHS right now. But, and I always like to start from, it's fantastic. But, or good. <laughs> but from the basic all the way through to BEC before SHS, it, it may be free. I, I understand that they still pay little things. But it's certainly not compulsory. So as much as we want our children to be in school and we want people to be educated at a certain level, and of course the reason we want people to educate so that we have a certain level of human resources that can feed into our, the jobs uh, in the country, we don't enforce education. So you still have many children, many girls who don't go to school and nobody cares whether they are in school or not. So you so make the we, compulsory uh, we part. We are making the compulsory. We are enforcing the compulsory for basic. part. From basic all the way through to SHS. Another thing we want to do is BEC. You want to abolish? We want really? to take out the BEC. Why do you want to abolish the BEC? Well, each time, each year of BEC, in the last 10 years, uh, we've for each year, we've lost about 1,000 kids thrown out of school because they fail. 
And okay. when they fail, as in they can't continue to they SHS. They can't continue to SHS. And that is it. And they end up in all, all manner of things. I think that, uh, I think if I can get my facts right, we need, need to have at least SHS to be able to simply read road signs and read his dashboard and things like that. But what do we have now? What's accounting for our road accidents? We have so many people who can't read, who can't, don't even see any about road signs. And we put 50 people, 50, 60 people in a bus, and these people are driving them. So we need to ensure that the education is enforced and children remain all the way through to at least what's the call in other countries, a high school diploma. And that is what we want to ensure because we policies feed into the lives of Ghanaians. Our policies are not f- for sure. They are not for But, but I don't think how... Uh, MPP said they want, second, uh, they want basic education to terminate at SHS. They've also said that before, actually. So that, that, that this is not that new. Yes. Where you have to certificate. Yes. I think the MPP have also made that point. Definitely. And there's nothing wrong with it. But the point is, how enforced is it? Who, who are those getting the basic education... Mm. That is terminating as uh, at SHS. Girls, for example, are getting that. Are we ensuring that they are getting? So how are you going to ensure it? Addition of the police ensuring to enforce to enforce it. So if somebody doesn't go to school, what will you do? Well, there you arrest them or their parents. Uh, there will be question. Look, I I have uh, not in Ghana. I I was in a school outside. I missed school for one day, and that was misunderstood too. And fine. He and was I, fined yes, for you not going to school for one day. Yes, and I was put into jail. Yes. Hey. Yes, I was put into jail. Look, we, we can look. You see, you look at it. You you work with the Ministry of Education. I am sure there will be uh, sanctions. That and I, I was thinking about. I think I sent you a message about it. Actually, we tend to look at discipline as punitive. I don't know which one of you I sent that to, mm. but it tends to be punitive. Or ought not to be looked at as punitive. Discipline is just telling you this things. And a lot of the time now, we don't want to do the right thing. We want to, we see that if someone is enforcing us to do the right thing, they are punishing us because we don't have our way. So, so for something like enforcing compulsory education, ultimately it's for the child's own good and it's for the country's good. So we must enforce it. Let's talk, about the, let's talk about the economy. The biggest yes. problem in Ghana for mixed young people is lack of work, unemployment. What's the PPP's solution? Well, you see, I think that it's also here on your program that I heard the government statistician talk about how Agric is the largest employer. Yes. And yet we haven't resourced Agric enough. Mm. Um we are still using uh farmers are still using implements you Mm -hmm. know manual implements maybe this is the time we have we want to look at it and say let us resource agric enough first of all um where are the farms where are they located are they accessible we don't even have access to these places Mm. do you know bernard that the ghana has a map of roads uh, we call the N roads, mm-hmm. the interregional highways, that have been left undone for years. One car one is the uh, N one, which comes from Aflao and should have gone all the way through to El- Elubo. Mm-hmm. But we have a motorway that is under dis- is under disrepair right now, part mm-hmm. of the N one. Mm-hmm. Then we have the Tetakwashi to Malam, 
mm. which is also part of the N1. And then beyond that, it's okay, well, uh, if we're going to Elubo, it means that the road from um, Malam all the way through to Cape Coast, all the way through to Takrade, should be dualized mm-hmm. and should be uh, uh, first-class motorway. There's also another, I think it's the N12, that goes from Elubo all the way up to the north. And there, there are about, I think, nine, 19 or so of these roads, which have not been done. I think for the Kumasi Road, uh, I've got to look at the numbers, the number, the N, whatever it is. That we took a loan some time ago, I think during the Kufu era, $750 million, we haven't fixed. My point is that we need to have access to these agric uh, areas. The moment you have access to these areas, you're opening the country up to investment. You open the country up to investment. You're creating jobs for these people. I'll use my little, my small business that I do mm. in the Afajato South District, uh, what we call the Eastern Corridor. Mm-hmm. I think that's the N12 or so. And along that road, I mean, I find it difficult going to visit these women who are doing this palm oil for me because the road is very bad. Now, if I were to get some investments to put up a factory or anything there, I mean, it's almost uh, discouraging to be able to go there. And then, but if I'm able to put a factory there, which is based on a great palm oil, mm. I'm able to employ people. Uh, I'm able, able to provide jobs in these areas. I'm able to have value addition. It's not only uh, the palm oil that will be producing, mm. all the other uh, 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 services and, and products and uh, p- uh, particularly services will, will come to add to it. Mm. And then I'm able to provide more jobs in those areas. So these are some of the areas we look at. Mm. Um, open up the country to investments. Make sure you put in infrastructure, be in the roads. But where are you going to get the money from? So you're talking about <laughs> well, making basic and secondary education yes. compulsory and free. Mm-hmm. You're talking about opening up the road infrastructure mm-hmm more roads mm-hmm. so that is resource driven resourcing uh, the agric sector so why are you going to get the money it. oh yes there's plenty of money is it uh, uh, yes. tell me where it is because i don't it, seem to have any it's, it's, <laughs> it's an overblocked bloated government okay uh where we are satisfying an elite few and uh it's also in corruption where we are losing I believe three billion dollars a year, as they say, to uh, uh, cor- corrupt uh, practices, and mm. therefore, um, the way to curb it and to ensure that we keep the money here is to look at uh, how government spends mm. and indeed what corruption is doing to us, and curb corruption. We say in the PPP that we are. Uh, uh, an incorruptible government, and we are ser- we seriously are. We will put in measures to ensure that we curb corruption from the get-go. There are parts of the constitution, mm-hmm. in fact, even the the um, DCs and MMD voting for them will be. But I'll tell you what: we talk about public declaration of assets. We mm-hmm. are asked that we should declare our assets if you seek political office and all that. But mm-hmm. what it uh, it actually asks us to do is. We um, put a piece of paper, supposedly with assets declared on it, put it in an envelope, and then we send it to the um, Auditor General. He seals it. He doesn't open it. And if we are saying it should be public declaration, then Mm. we must be able to declare it 
it is published and everybody sees what you, you have. Currently, we don't have that. So one of the ways we will curb that is the public de- declaration of assets. Another way, of course, is to ensure that the um, uh, public prosecutor's office mm-hmm. is independent, it's an independent office from the Ministry of Justice. Currently, if the public prosecutor does find uh, cases of corruption, it's still beholden on the Attorney General to decide if they want to prosecute these cases mm-hmm. or not. And therefore... But I thought that's why they brought Martin Amidu's office, SP. Yes, but still... OSP. Yes, but is he independent enough to prosecute cases? There are certain cases where the Attorney General can decide, I'm not prosecuting. And um, in saying, no, but so, he's the one I doing the prosecution. That's why he's the office of special prosecutor. Yes, so the idea but is that does he, he have the, to has he been given those resources? No, he's not independent of the ministry Ministry of Justice. Okay, you know, and as we can see, uh, well, he's he came out with a, a, a report recently that was like a bombshell. But um, and I I would like to sit here personally and commend the uh, Attorney General for her initial letter she wrote about the the, the Japa deal, which is a, a different conversation, but being unconscionable. But, and that may be the power of a woman. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, you're fi- so, so, so I'm basically saying, you're saying you create an office independent of the attorney general yes. to prosecute. So that prosecutes And I was pointing out that Amidu's office was supposed to do that. And yes. you're saying he's still not it's independent of the... Yes, yes. And then, of course, there's also the rights to, uh, to information bill. We are still not... It's been passed. We, yes, it's been passed. But we are paying for information. Uh, I believe that issue went to court. And in fact, I, I messaged Susu, the young one in there. I think they had something to do. But anyway, the, the right to information bill uh, must... People must have a right to information so that they can say, you know what, we need to see this public declaration. We need to see this person's assets. We need to know more about this case. And then it's there's a transparent government, you know. So these are some of the things we want to do. If you're able to curb corruption, we are able to save ourselves a whole lot of money. How is that? I mean, if you're talking about how, how we will build these roads, like I said... We took $750 million to build a Kumasi road. We still have the Kumasi road as it is. Rather than that, instead of that, we have a, a beautiful uh, flyover coming up at uh, mm. Pukwasi. And yet... Uh, Let's uh, talk about the campaign, how it's going, because I, I want to sort of move this on. I've heard you on education, I've heard you on corruption, I've heard you on the economy. Where have you been? This year's campaign seems a bit low-key. Some people feel that uh, the lack of indoom is affecting yes. the PPP brand because... Unlike certain parties, he is the brand. So his his uh, absence from the campaign is affecting the the campaign. You What's know, your comment on that? It's it's true. Um, it's we are a party. We are a growing party, and Dr. Indom was human. He's growing, and he he's decided he doesn't want to do this anymore. He didn't. He wasn't in a position to do it anymore, and has asked me. We have we are we are on social media a lot. We've gone to a few places. We've gone to Obom Domiabra. We've gone to Amasama. We've gone to Akemeda. We've gone to my hometown. Today we are embarking on another tranche of um, to the west central and western region. But 
If you don't. You don't you, do you aim to do all 16 regions before election day? We'll do all 16 regions, yes. Because some people are on their second. Some people are on their second round. Those people ha- have uh, lots of money <laughs> and they've been in power before, so they have uh, uh, lots of resources. Uh, good for them. You know, <laughs> if the Ghanaian heart wants something different, they will do something different. When you regardless. go around, what do you hear? Do you feel people? Because people's voting behavior doesn't seem to suggest they want. A third force they, they, because actually they, they, they seem to be giving the third group fewer and fewer votes well, as, as in, and we have the data it, to show it's this it's going to change this year why it will change this year because people have realized you know what the two big parties like i said in one of my speeches are two sides of the same coin the shine of the coin only depends on where you stand and that is it people have decided you know what it's no different these are the, they're doing the same things so they do want a third force. And if for nothing at all, people want to vote to show the uh, these other two that we have an option. Mm. And therefore, yes, we will go uh, out there. We, you will see us in your regions. We will stop to say hello to you and and ask for your votes. You must want something different. Ghana cannot continue like this. And to want that something different, mm. you have to do something different. We, you know, it's not in my power. I, I will campaign to you. I will appeal to you, but the two, the, the 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 people also must want something different. So they should vote for you for that change to happen. Yes, I mean there's so much hopelessness and despondency, and you're almost throwing out your hands in the air saying, "Oh, mm-hmm. I don't know what else to do." Now, what else to do is the PPP. Let's hear some quick comments. All right, a lot of comments coming in for you, Bridget. Oh, good morning. Tell Madam Bridget, I see a lot of potential in her. I wish her the best in her endeavors. This is Papo from Teshinuwa. Mm-hmm. Wow, Bernard, wow. These are the kind of leaders we need in this country. We need people who talk and want action. I'd like to entreat the smaller parties to come together by the year 2024 to end the too poly. I think yeah, I'm sure he means duopoly. Yeah. But this year, dear, I mean, you know, Dada, Ghana, funny partisanship politics. Mm. They've made their minds up already, but it won't take us anywhere mm. to. Good morning, CBS team. All right. Bernard, in Takarade, Nana Kofi Abna the fourth goes around picking children to go to school. Parents who fail to send their kids to school are summoned to the palace mm. and fined. Bridget has very practical ideas for Ghana. Thank you, Bridget. This is Ikria in Roman Ridge sending that. All right. So there's somebody Thank taking you, initiative <laughs> to get their kids in school. Are you facing any pushback because you're a woman as a candidate the only two of you you and nana can you do are the and, and if you are if you are oh, sorry three of you, you three of the <laughs> i can't know everything i just forget forget three of you out of is it 14 12 12 candidates what was the was the, are you getting any pushback on that when you campaign um no not really um and i keep saying that i must say thank you to the women who've come before who went before us mm. um i think people are doing their best to be politically uh, uh, correct these days. I have had some on social media, you know, someone thinks uh, I'm a single woman. How dare I want to be in leadership and uh, God should punish me for that. Seriously? <laughs> yes, someone, a woman said that on social <laughs> wow. media. But um, apart from that, not nothing, you know, I, I tend to see my glass as half full. So, when I, I'm put out there and people lash out, I I tend to look at m- m- the positives as well. And there's a lot of positive that comes out of it. So uh, thank you that I'm not facing a lot of that. Mm. And I think the Ghanaian voter has become more circumspect or more discerning to know that leadership is not the sole 
uh, remit of, of, of men, women and men. And it does, it's not a gender thing. It's, it's, it's a value thing. You know, it's a matter of values. So. How optimistic are you? 26 days to go. I'm very optimistic. I know that Ghanaians want change. I know that the women believe in a, another woman. Uh, I'm getting a lot of support from all kinds of people, uh, both in, 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 in cash, uh, because we are doing a fundraising. And if you're touched by this, just go and dial. I'm using your platform, please. <laughs> go and dial star 713 star uh, 303 hash. Star 713 star 303 hash and donates from all networks. So we are getting a lot of support from them as well. Star 713 star 303 hash. hash. Yes. And you can use any network. You can use any network. And um, we're getting support from people who believe that something has got to change, who believe that this is something new. We say we are a new kind of leadership and uh, we are indeed a new kind of leadership. I'll tell you, for ex- uh, especially to the youth, uh, we are, you are growing and I, I, I interact with a lot of people in their 70s, 60s and 70s. I'm a member of Accra Lawn Tennis Club, so I'm always there with them. And I listen to them talk. And you find that there's a lot of disillusionment. This is not what they thought Ghana ought to be when they were young and they saw independence. And we must move away from that. We, as, we the youth, have a future. And we must stop you know, living in the past and look towards with a vision of a certain Ghana in the future. And luckily, I have a little bit of youth on my side, I believe. <laughs> in Ghana, dear, once you are below this day, you are young. PPP. <laughs> PPP is a very youthful party. We mm. will drive you to realize that future, or, or at least the, the, the growth that comes right. towards it. We wish you well. We'll talk again. It's 26 days Thank to the you, election. Bernard. Thank you very much. Bridget Ogwenuku is the flag bearer for the PPP. Awake! A new hope for Ghana, they call yes, it. Sir. And she wants you to support them by voting. The uh, the the short code star seven one three star three zero three hash. Kuki, how was that? I think it was great. Uh, uh, you know, Bridget knows I have a lot of questions for her. I know we don't have much, we don't have time anymore. But I'm I'm very proud of you for putting Thank yourself you forward much. for this because I know it's not easy. Um, we we talk a lot about the challenges that women face when they put themselves forward for public office, and and especially for elected office. Yeah. So I wish you all the best. Hopefully, we'll get a chance to talk and ch- and chat. At, at yes. some time mm. I have a lot of questions for you especially with regard to using new media for what you're trying to do yeah. um, so maybe you and I can have a chat on one of the new media platforms nice um, one. so we can delve into some right. issues that affect us